Welcome everybody to the Sports Culture Podcast, Fantasy Football Edition. Um, as always, Seth's here, and I have my two friends, Pace and Nick here. Say what's up, guys. What's up, guys? So we're going to be what's doing up? a Fantasy Football um, Dynasty rookie mock draft. It'll be a two-round mock draft, PPR. Um, so we're just going to... We're going to be controlling the whole draft. There's not going to be any auto picks or anything like that. Um, Pace is going to be at the one spot. So he'll have one, four, et cetera. Nick's going to be at the two spot, two, five, et cetera. And I'm going to be at the three spot, so three, six, et cetera. Um, we're going to get it going here. Pace, why don't you give us your first pick? Okay, so, um, yeah, two-round rookie dynasty mock draft. Um, I'm going to kind of break the consensus here i think i think a lot of people have make make it interesting because you know people don't tune in to listen to what all the big networks and podcasts are saying they want to hear something interesting um but you know it's also my opinion so um i know a lot of people have two players as their consensus number one but with my number one overall pick i'm gonna go kenneth walker um the seattle seahawks running back he is my uh he was my running back one before the NFL draft started. I liked him before Brees Hall. And just, you know, seeing Kenneth Walker go to the Seahawks and seeing Brees Hall go to the Jets, um, I'm still confident that that Kenneth Walker will be a higher fantasy asset. Mainly because, you know, I look at talent, but also I like opportunity a lot in, in fantasy football, and I see Michael Carter, uh, the running back for the Jets, a lot more of a threat to Brees Hall than people like Rashad Penny or Chris Carson or DJ Dallas are to Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, I don't know if if the viewers have seen the picture of Chris Carson's neck. It's it's honestly really sad, but um, you know, safe to say I don't know if Chris Carson's playing days will will go on that much longer. And then you know, Rashad Penny, I I do like him somewhat, but he is pushing twenty seven, which is you know, a little bit older for running back. Um, and he does have an injury history as well. And then DJ Dallas, you know, he's kind of an afterthought when it comes to fantasy versus Michael Carter was, you know, the Jets running back one last year. He was used a little bit more than I would have liked um, to see when I'm picking Brees Hall. Um, so ultimately, I think Kenneth Walker has a lot clearer of a um, of a opportunity to earn the number one uh, job for the Seahawks than Brees Hall does for the Jets. Not saying Brees Hall isn't good, but, uh, you know, I'm going to go Kenneth Walker here, I think. No, I don't hate the pick. Um, I've I've risen on Ken Walker a lot higher the past, like, month or so. Um, I took him in our Dynasty startup, and I thought he was a steal at where I got him. I think I got him in the early fourth. Um so, yeah, I think just because of that system, he's going to be great. I think he's going to be the starter sooner rather than later. A lot of people think that Rashad Penny is going to get the starting role no matter what this year. I totally disagree with that. For one, can he even stay healthy for the first game? I'm not sure. For two, um, I'm, I understand he was amazing that end of stretch but of last year, but 
I think Kenneth Walker is a really talented rusher. I think he's going to end up taking the starting role early in the season. Um, so he's going to be good for this year, at least most of the year, I think. And I think he's going to be, I think he can be a top, top 10 to 15 dynasty running back um, sooner rather for than sure, later. For sure. And I, you know, this isn't a knock on Brees Hall at all because, you know, I, I do like Brees Hall a lot, but it, it's more me trying to get away from the, you know, the, the chalk one or two or three consensus. Not that I don't believe in what I'm picking, but, uh, you know, I, I just personally, I liked Kenneth Walker more before the draft. Um, and I still like him more than Brees Hall. They're both very good players, but you know I think Kenneth Walker takes the edge. And like I said, opportunity matters to me a lot. And you know having Michael Carter in the Jets' backfield um, scares me a lot more than any of the running backs in the Seahawks' backfield. Yeah, I get that, especially with Chris Carson. Dude has a f- three nails holding up his neck. He just mm-hmm. needs to retire. He's not a factor in that backfield anymore. So yep, Ken Walker yeah. is locked in. Nick. Who you got with number two? All right, so with the uh, second pick, I'm going to disagree with Pace here a little bit. I'm going to take Brees Hall because I feel like he's kind of fallen into my lap here at number two. Uh, in my opinion, Brees Hall is already a top 10 to top 12 dynasty running back. Uh, I think that the situation he's coming into is much better than Kenneth Walker. I think that Jets offense is projecting to be pretty dang good within the next couple of years. Uh, I think Michael Carter's not nearly as much of a threat as people are thinking he might be, just through the fact that he was a fourth-round pick. Usually, unless you're a first, second, sometimes third-round pick in the NFL, those running backs don't really stick around for too long. Teams are always looking to replace and find the better option. And uh, I just, I really like this Jets offense moving forward. I think Zach Wilson's going to take big steps this year, really help them score more points. They've got offensive weapons with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, even Corey Davis, who people seem to forget about. Uh, they've got the tight ends that they drafted. And I don't know, man. I just, I really like this Jets offense moving forward. I want lots of pieces of this Jets offense, but especially their running back that I feel like is going to be a workhorse in the near future. Yeah, I totally agree. Brees Hall is my number one player um, in rookie drafts. Um, again, I don't, I understand taking Cam Walker first, but I would have taken Brees Hall first. I'm a huge Zach Wilson fan. I think Brees Hall is already a top 12 dynasty running back. So, Yeah, for sure. For sure. Not only uh, I, am I a big fan of Zach Wilson, though, I, I, I feel like Brees Hall doesn't get enough respect as a prospect. Dude's explode. He's super fast. He's strong. He's explosive. He can I don't be know a true three-down uh, workhorse. Exactly. I don't know if you guys follow uh, RAS uh, grades, relative athletic score, but I want to mm-hmm. say he was like 9-point-something, which means he's in like the 93rd percentile yeah, of all running backs yeah. athletically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, just... I, I don't I don't know if I said this, you know, when I was picking, but uh, you know, this is why I didn't really want the first overall pick. Why I wanted to fall back a little bit because you know I feel like if you're picking number one, you know, you have to take Brees Hall. Like that's just the obvious pick. Um, so I definitely agree. You know, Brees Hall definitely fell into your lap here. Um, if he's at if he's there at number two, definitely you know take him and don't even think twice about it. All right, so Brees Hall locked in in number two spot. Um, I'm going to go a player I was high on going into the draft. I had him three or four in my wide receiver rankings. Um, I'm going to go Traylon Burks. He's going into an amazing opportunity here. They basically traded A.J. Brown for him in that Titans offense. Um, the number one guy is going to get a lot of opportunity. I think he can be an A.J. Brown clone. 
Um, he's a big, big physical receiver. Um, that's perfect for that wide receiver one role in the Titans offense. Um, so I think he's one of the rookie wide receivers who can be a top 24 option for fantasy as soon as this year. And then moving forward, I think the sky's the limit for him. So he's my he's my number three overall guy for Dynasty um, easily. So, yeah, I'm going to lock in Traylon Burks here. Yeah, I don't necessarily sure. disagree with that pick. Uh, I think Traylon Burks is definitely moving into the best situation year one just because he has, you know, that – Ryan Tannehill, who's an experienced quarterback, he might not be, you know, the best quarterback, but he's he's always gotten the job done. Should be able to feed Traylon Burks with plenty of targets. He's great after the catch. I mean, it's a good pick for sure. And I think it's like a like Seth said earlier, they traded AJ Brown for him, and he has he has the AJ Brown kind of mold, which means that he's going to I think immediately slide into that AJ Brown role in that offense. Exactly. Which you know ultimately means very very good things for people who take him in rookie dynasty drafts. I will say, though, I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that Robert Woods was traded there. I think it's not necessarily a guarantee that Traylon Burks leads the team in targets this year. I think at this point in their careers, Traylon Burks will probably end up commanding more targets, but you never know if Robert Woods has a successful return from that ACL injury. I think For sure. Robert and I Woods think, can you help know, more go- than anything. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. open up the field. And one one more thing to consider again is that you know you had the Ryan Tannehill versus Malik Willis kind of thing where Tannehill will probably be there one or two more years. But if you're in a dynasty draft and you're in it for for the for the long haul, um, something to consider is that Malik Willis will probably eventually end up running that offense, which will make it a lot more of a dynamic offense. That is true. All right, pace is back on the clock with pick four. So with pick number four, I'm going to mirror what Nick said earlier with Brees Hall, and I'm going to go Garrett Wilson out of uh, the New York Jets, the wide receiver. Um, kind of like Nick said, I, I, I'm a Dolphins fan myself, but I do I like Zach Wilson. Um, I think that he was given a bad rap last year just because of the uh, the Jets offense that wasn't exactly optimal for him. And I think Garrett Wilson is someone who can come in and be a complete receiver. Um, who can you know command targets? Who can lead the wide receiver room in the way that he plays? Um, you know, it's it's really tight between Garrett Wilson and Drake London for me. I think you know Drake London has a has a more clear shot to be the wide receiver one, but I think Garrett Wilson is just a better player overall. He has um, you know a lot, I guess, higher upside if you will. Um, and the Jets' offense is kind of moving in the right direction versus the Atlanta offense is you know still in that rebuild phase. So I think. You know, I'm going to go Garrett Wilson here with the fourth overall pick. I think that's I the right pick. I love that yeah. pick so much. You you just stole who I was going to take at five. Uh, God. Yeah, Garrett Wilson is my pre-draft wide receiver one. He continues to be my post-draft wide receiver one. He separates probably better than anybody else in this class. He's, in my opinion, the best route runner. Dude can jump to the moon. Uh, man, that's that's a great pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's and I, easily the most talented ahead, receiver Seth. in this class. So... That's mm-hmm. uh, I obviously want opportunity over talent, but um, if I was going talent over opportunity, I mean Garrett Wilson would probably be number two for me. So he's just he's just so complete. Like you know, other receivers have their their traits that people rave about them. Um, you know, like London has his his contested catchability. Burks has his size. Um, I think it was. Jamison Williams is a deep threat, but Garrett Wilson is just such, he's just such a complete receiver that it's hard to not pick him in the top four or five. 
Totally agree. All right, um, Nick's back on the clock with pick five. Um, your guy got taken, so who are you? Uh, yeah, after about? getting sniped by Pace, I'm a little, I'm a little lost here. I, uh, all right, I think, I think I'm gonna switch things up just a little bit. So I, uh, I don't like Drake London at all. I think he's not an incredible prospect. I think he's just big. I was watching film and. He, you know, he has those monster, you know, twelve target, ten receptions, hundred yard games. But you look, and not many of those targets are downfield. He's catching the ball like five yards away from the line of scrimmage, picking a couple of extra yards up with his height. I just don't think he's a great separator. I don't think he gets open very well. So with that being said, I'm gonna take Chris Olave, my wide receiver two from this draft class. I am huge on Chris Olave. I love his speed. I think his route running is incredibly underrated. Dude has great hands. And I don't think this situation he's stepping into is being talked about enough. MT hasn't done anything for two years. Who knows if he comes back and is the same after this ankle injury? Who knows if he even comes back by week one this year? And they bring in Jarvis Landry, who's at this point pretty old, but you know, still talented, which will open up the field for Chris Olave. Jarvis Landry can control the underneath routes, and Chris Olave can stretch the field down the field. With uh, Jameis Winston there, he's proven that he can throw the ball just as much as anybody in the league. I don't know if it's going to be just as well, but if the Saints can revert back to some of the Buccaneers offense when Jameis was a quarterback there, Chris Olave could go to the moon. That's a, that's a, that's just probably a sleeper pick. Um, Chris Olave in a loaded wide receiver class is one of the top route runners in the class. And if MT is continues to be the stubborn guy, he is, he's not going to play. And Chris Olave will probably be the wide receiver one of the offense. So yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask Nick, uh, when it comes to that pick, would you, would you want Michael Thomas to come back and be that receiver one and let Olave play that, that deep threat wide receiver two role? Or, or would you like to see Michael Thomas go somewhere else or continue to sit out? Like, what do you think is a better scenario for that pick? Either way, I think it'd be fine if Michael Thomas plays. Obviously, he commands a ton of attention and open things up for Chris Olave. However, I think Olave doesn't get enough respect. I think he can play the X receiver role in the NFL. I know that's not his typical skill set, but I think he's so talented that you could really throw him wherever and he'll be able to succeed. Yeah, I, I did think Chris Olave profiles more of the wide receiver too in the NFL. Um, kind of like how Calvin Ridley does. So... I could see that being a bust pick if he does get forced to the wide receiver one role and isn't able to um, beat those those uh, tough man coverages and stuff like that. But it could end up being a boom pick as well. So I, I would agree that five. he does profile a little more as a wide receiver too, but I would also argue that that doesn't make a huge difference in fantasy. I mean, look at Calvin Ridley when he was the wide receiver two in that Falcons offense and finished as a top five fantasy receiver. So, I mean, I think I think either way, Chris Olave can get the job done, and I think either way, it'll be a good fantasy asset. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so I'm back on the clock at number six. I really don't want to take this guy, but I've I'm not a fan of him. But I he reminds me too much of Kenny Galladay, if I'm being honest. Um, but I am going to take Drake London here. This is not like me at all to take him, but he did fall all the way to six. He's usually a top three pick. Um, so I'm going to take Drake London here. He's the clear wide receiver one, unless you want to count Kyle Pitts as a wide receiver. He's clear wide receiver one in the offense. He obviously doesn't have much of a quarterback throwing him the ball. 
but he's going to command a ton of targets. He'll have Kyle Pitts to take some um, attention away from him. So he could end up being a solid pick. I just, he's not a good separator. And one thing about wide receivers is I really, I really want them to be able to separate. So this, this could be such a bust pick, but I don't, I don't, I don't like that Marcus Mariota slander. I want you to take that back right now. He sucks. Anyway, Marcus Mariota to the moon. I'm just <laughs> Are you talking about Heisman winner Marcus Mariota right now? Oh, Come my, on, my man. bad, my bad. Oregon legend Marcus Oregon, Mariota. Oregon duck days. Fun fact, I actually have a uh, Marcus Mariota autographed. Uh, Hei- so you know how like at the Heisman ceremony they have like dinner menus or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I have an autographed Marcus Mariota Heisman dinner menu from five minutes after he won the Heisman. <laughs> how did you get that? That is so weird. Uh, yeah, I, my dad had a buddy at work who was at the Heisman ceremony, and he texted my dad and he was like, yeah, wasn't your son like a huge Marcus Mariota fan? Because I was. I was a huge bandwagon. And he was like, all right, cool, I'll get an autograph. And I was like, let's let's go. That's sweet. So yeah, it's been up <laughs> I mean, in my room you, for, what, seven years? He brought you a dinner menu? What, what, what was on the menu for that night? Ooh, that's a good question. I haven't looked at that autograph in a while. I'm sure it was some nice stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, nice juicy steak, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, back to that Drake London pick real quick, though. The thing that concerns me with him is that, you know, Kyle Pitts is there, Calvin Ridley is there. I don't think Drake London is even near as talented as either of those two. And he's not exactly on a high-powered offense or even an offense that will be high-powered within the next few years unless Desmond Ritter's some, like, second coming of Jesus. <laughs> I think I think a appropriate comparison for drake london is mike williams in those years before herbert got there when he wasn't really doing it where actually, he would you know have his weeks comparison. he wasn't the most talented receiver there he wasn't in a super okay he was in a good offense but it wasn't like a super like prolific passing offense with philip rivers there and i just i just don't see drake london being a top 15 to 20 wide receiver in fantasy anytime soon yeah I, yeah I, I, I think i do agree i think uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the problem, it's just so hard to get away from, like we talked about, that opportunity that Drake London has. Because it's like like Seth said, like with with Atlanta, like you have Kyle Pitts there, but, you know, Ridley's out for the year. And he's not going to be like, on that who team is it? after this year. I, I don't think there's any yeah. way he's on that team. So it's just, you know, I, I don't like him as a prospect. I had him, I think, as my receiver four or five um, when, you know, because I, I do a bunch of draft rankings and I had him as my receiver four or five. But it's just so hard to get away from that that wide receiver one opportunity, because I think I think that there's really only one other guy, um, who I actually might take next, but uh, who has that, that clear like number one role cut out for him. Um, so you know I don't like him, but I just think you know with with the sixth overall pick, it's a decent pick considering he's going to yeah. get that at uh, those targets. I agree. I think it was a fine pick. I think there was still one more player that I would have taken over him, but you know, it, I'm not upset at drafting Drake London at sixth overall because obviously his upside is huge yeah uh mm-hmm. I, I probably I I have him at, um I actually have him at seven in my rankings I'm sorry no I do have him at six in my rankings but yeah I'm not I'm very low compared to Concessius and I I just did this pick because of his boom potential I I do have to yeah. recognize his boom potential that's yeah, why I mean, um, it sounds like we're all lower on Drake London. Yeah, so I would take him in best ball drafts because he does have those spike weeks I'm sure exactly. he'll have. But other than that, I'm staying away from him, at least for this year. 
I'm pacing back on the clock at number seven. I am back on the clock, and I'm going to go with um, another, I guess, probably a more interesting pick, um, you know, to just try to get away from that consensus and to try to shake the draft up a little bit. Um, this is a player that I know Steph knows very well because we both wanted him very, very badly in our uh, fantasy I, draft. I know who you're taking, um, and I was and hoping Steph, he was going to be there in for me. Seth ended up t- uh, taking him. We were both trying to trade up with another person in our league, and Seth had the better offer. So I'm going to take Christian Watson, the, um, the Green Bay wide receiver, uh, here at pick number seven. Um, I know Jamison Williams is still here. I know people like George Pickens are still here and Sky Moore and whatever, but it- it's like I just talked about. Um, Christian Watson is just, he's automatically just a clear number one in that offense with Devontae Adams leaving. Um, and I, I know Aaron Rodgers in a dynasty league um, might not play that much longer, but you know, just just be, being Aaron Rodgers, you know, number one overall receiver, um, it's just too hard to pass up when it comes to you know picks like eight or seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, so you know, Jamison Williams, I do like him a lot. Um, I was one of the Miami fans who, before we traded for Tyreek Hill, wanted to take him in the draft. Um, but just with you know him being on the Lions um, with Jared Goff right now, um, and also coming off that injury, you know I think the reports were he wasn't ready for minicamp, but he, he was going to be ready for the season. But he he still isn't back to 100% healthy. Um, I don't really want to take him this high, although I do like him as a prospect. I think he can be very good. Um, so I just think you know if if you're if you're looking at the, the number one receiver in an Aaron Rodgers led offense, you know you 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 uh, have to have to give him some look so i'm gonna take christian watson here yeah i love that pick um i'm probably the biggest christian watson fan out of this group he's before the uh pre-draft he was in my top five for wide receivers which was higher than probably the majority of everybody um and then he goes to the packers they traded up for him in the high second um, and he's the number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to be Alan Lazard. Um, it's not going to be Sammy Watkins. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's definitely going to be Christian Watson. People like to say that, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers takes a long time to have his wide receivers earn their trust. Yeah, sure, he trusts Alan Lazard more. But when you lose Devontae Adams and you just got a high-profile wide receiver in the high second in the draft – you're going to be forced to trust him because you don't have much other options. So I, yeah. uh, I'm just going to – this guy is probably the guy I watched the most film of pre-draft. He's just so fun to watch at NDSU. He's 6'5", 207 pounds, with 4'3", three, 3'6", three, speed, which is amazing. Um, he's one of the most dynamic receivers out of this class. His talent after the catch mm-hmm. is amazing. His great vision, acceleration, breakaway speed on top of that 6'5", frame. His ability to change direction, move with his hips, and free the DB is insane. Um, people like to bring up his lack of production, but, I mean, he was at NDSU in a run-heavy option, offense. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much he could do about that. He's amazing. That's yeah, amazing and people, people, people talked about his, you know, his, his draft stock, like, oil, you know, second-round pick. He was pick 34. Like, he was essentially a first-round pick. That's really high in Which, draft. you know... Yeah, especially for the Packers. Like, the Packers, I forget the exact year, but, like, they haven't taken a first-round receiver in forever. I think 2014. So, so, yeah. So, I think, you know, um, take, taking uh, taking Christian Watson that high shows that they, 
they definitely want to incorporate him into their offense. Yeah. So uh, we all agreed on Drake London. We don't really like him too much. We do not all agree on Christian Watson, however. I have I have one question for you guys about Christian Watson. Uh, what exactly does he do differently than Marquez Valdez-Scantlin? Um, like, a lot. He can actually... He's more than just a deep threat. Um, yeah, he does have those same catching problems, but he's a better route runner. He's better with the ball in his hands. He has better route running ability. I, I don't see much of that in MVS. Pe- I, I have seen people compare him to MVS, but I think that's not a good comparison. I think he does so much more than MVS. Yeah, well, I think I'll, I think he's a better. Go go ahead. Do you want me sorry, to go, or do you I, want to go? I, I got it. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the better with the ball in his hands. He is very great after the catch. You can throw him the bubble screen or whatever, and he'll has the potential any play to take it to the house. But I just I don't see the fluidity in his hips when he's running his routes. I don't see him running a very large route tree. I think you know maybe down the line if he can progress and you know earn Aaron Rodgers' trust. I think that's a big thing. I think. You just kind of brushed over that, but Aaron Rodgers does not like rookie receivers. He never has. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's a cocky guy. He sticks to his ways. I don't think he's just going to all of a sudden trust this rookie receiver who is already one of the more raw prospects coming out of the draft. So especially in the first part of the year, even all throughout year one, I just don't see Aaron Rodgers trusting him enough to throw him ball a ton. I think it's going to be... Al Nazard, it's going to be Sammy Watkins, it's going to be Robert Tunyon, it's going to be Aaron Jones out of the backfield, and then I think Christian Watson might slot in there. I mean, if down the line he can progress, then sure. I mean, this is dynasty, obviously. It's just about the future, but I just I don't see that happening. With I, him. I just I think, think he has great potential. I don't think he hits it. I just need to be forced yeah. to throw to Watson. I mean, that's such a bad wide receiver room. Um, and I think Christian Watson is easily most talented out of that room. And I, I think yeah. I, I mean, you. I think you're underrating, uh, underrating Watson's route running a ton, and he can yeah. also get um. He can also do sort of. I'm not gonna say a deeper role, but I think he can get a lot of end arounds and um, a lot of screens. That is a fair point. He definitely does have those skill sets to do that. I just I've never been a fan of Christian Watson. I don't like his production profile. I mean, I sure I know it was a run heavy offense. It was NDSU, but also. In the looks he was getting, I mean, if he was really this crazy talented, you know, in playing FCS football, he should have been averaging more yards per reception. He should have been scoring more touchdowns. I just, I don't know. I just don't see it with him. I mean, that's definitely a fair opinion. That's that's why we do these these mock drafts because not everyone agrees. And uh, you know, I, th- I think think you bring up some fair points, but you know, I ultimately do air with Seth and the side that um, you know it's. He's, he's, I think he's very talented personally, but opportunity-wise, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really trust rookie receivers, but it's like Seth said, like, he's going to have to. Because Christian Watson, I personally think, is, is you know, has a lot of talent. Um, and, you know, Alan Lazard is good. But I don't think he's wide receiver one good. Um, and then, obviously, Sammy Watkins, like, will probably, you know, go beast mode the first week, and then he'll fall off the map. You know, Robert Tonian is very very inconsistent and flashy and then you know i personally think aaron jones is the biggest threat to christian watson's targets um i'm actually decently high on aaron jones this year um but i think christian watson is a is is definitely going to command a wide receiver one rule in in the packers offense when it comes if you just look at you know the wide receiver room you, you, i definitely respect that i'm not gonna act like, act like i don't see the potential with him he could he could definitely be great i just i just don't 
know if it's gonna pan out. You, you just don't see it. You just never see that that um that body frame with that speed mixed with that talent. I, I Actually, just, you do see that body frame with that speed. His name's Marquez Valdez Scantlin. <laughs> but I he also I, I hate that. Go I hate ahead. that comparison. I just... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's not a one-on-one comparison. I was just it was just, it was more of a year one comparison just because I think Christian Watson's so raw that. I think he'll That's pretty fair. much be like MBS in year one. Maybe in year he one. also comes from he comes from NDSU, which is where the legendary Commander Carson comes from. Yeah, so I trust so him. He's obviously going to be good. Arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. It's I mean. not arguably. It's just the way it is. First battle Hall of Famer. Yeah. Easily. The moment he Legendary. Retires. All right. Nick's back on the clock. Um, at number eight. All right. So uh, this is the guy that I would have taken at six over Drake London. This is, uh, I don't know. I think people were high on him pre-draft, and then they saw his landing spot, and then more and more people got high on him. And some people thought he became a little overrated. I still think he's not going quite high enough. I'm going to take Sky Moore, wide receiver one for the Kansas City Chiefs. I want the guy who's connected to Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. I want the guy who honestly looked pretty damn good on tape. I was watching his film, and... Dude moves so fluidly. He gets open, breaks press. I mean, uh, he does. I don't think there's anything to not like about this guy. The only thing I don't really like is that he decided to wear the number 24 as a receiver. I think that might not bode well for him. But I, I just I love Sky Moore and I love this fit with Patrick Mahomes. I actually respect him wearing number 24 as a wide receiver. That he's uh he doesn't care about um you know looking cool. He's sticking with his college number, but uh. To the actual pick, um, yeah, I I think eight is a pretty good spot for Sky Moore. Um, he's obviously his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, and he was drafted in the second round, and they lost Tyreek Hill, and he's a he's a guy who can definitely get six targets a week from Patrick Mahomes, which is going to be very valuable for fantasy. Um, he's, in my opinion, for this year wide receiver through with upside, but. He could definitely be a wide receiver too this year, and he's definitely a good pick for the future. I just think, for at least this year, people are forgetting how good Juju is. Um, I agree. With that. I, I think Juju is going to be the number one fantasy wide receiver for the Chiefs this year, and you also have Travis Kelsey here. So I do think Sky Moore is going to be the number three option in the offense. So, but still, it's late first, and you're getting possibly Patrick Mahomes' future wide receiver one. So I think that's a very good pick. Yeah, I think it's a very good future pick. I'm not going to say the same things as Seth because I feel the same way about Juju. And then, you know, Travis Kelsey is essentially a wide receiver. He puts up wide receiver numbers. Um, so I'm not going to go over that again. But, you know, I, I had Sky Moore ranked 10th um, in my overall rookie ranking. So although it's a little high, I definitely respect the pick. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best or one of the best quarterbacks to be linked to for a long time. Um, so I definitely respect it. I think it's one of those picks where you're, you might not benefit that much this year, but I, you know, in a dynasty draft, you're not, not everyone's trying to benefit this year. I think, you know, when it comes to years two, three, and four, he'll, he'll definitely grow and he'll, he'll be a lot better of a player than he is year one. All right. So um, I'm back on the clock with number nine. And I think the pick here is pretty clear. It's pretty amazing that this guy has fallen this far. Um, I'm going to take Jamison Williams, who is a top three wide receiver in this class easily. And yeah, he didn't go to the best landing spot, but for the future, the Lions are building up something nice. 
Um, he's not going to... I don't like this player for redrafts at all. But um, for Dynasty, James Williams is an awesome guy. I think he should definitely be a top 7 or 8 pick in Dynasty drafts. And he's going even higher in a lot of them. So number 9, I think, is a steal for James Williams. Yeah, I think this is definitely fantastic value. Jameson Williams, I loved him in Alabama. I thought he was an incredible prospect. I'm a little worried about the injury. I don't. Lo- I personally didn't take him because I don't love the idea of drafting the guy without really seeing how he's going to play after the injury. I, I want to be able to see his rehab and you know see how he's running his routes and stuff like that. So it's a good pick here at nine. I think there's definitely nobody near his talent level left available. But uh, I'm yeah. just a little worried about his injuries. After the top nine, I mean. Top 10 if you want to also include another player here that I'm sure we're all thinking of the same player here. But after the top 9 or 10, there's a huge drop-off for sure for fantasy. Yeah. No, definitely. I I like it a lot. Like I said earlier, I I wanted Jamison Williams on on the Dolphins before we traded for Tyreek Hill. So, you know, I like the pick a lot. Definitely, you know, home run value. People keep falling to Seth. First, Drake London did it, now Jamison Williams. So I think... You know, if it was this kind of like three team thing, you know, you would be building up some strong teams. Um, but no, I like James Williams a lot. All right, so you're back on the clock pace. Um, I think the pick will be clear here, but let's see who you pick. I I don't know if we're thinking of the same person. Um, you know, and I I don't want to turn on that guy that just makes all all like the the bold picks. Um, but I'm gonna go James Cook, the Buffalo running yeah, back that's here. Exactly Is that who you were thinking, thinking of? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Okay, I think that's a clear. Okay, I didn't there. know. I don't know if it was someone else, but yeah, James Cook would be my pick here. You know, I think enough is said. Just Buffalo's offense is. You know, the I think that the uh, the one piece that they're missing is that true running back one. Um, cause they have, you know, they, they, they took Zach Moss last year who, you know, he's decent, but he didn't really shape up into what they, they wanted him to be. I, I don't know if it was last year, the year before, I think it was last year. Um, and then Devin Singletary, you know, I, I like Devin Singletary a lot. I liked him before the draft. Unfortunately, he hasn't played that well for them either. So, you know, James Cook is, I think is a home run pick here at 10. I have him ranked as my number nine player. So, you know, I'm getting a little bit of value for him, but um, James Cook would be my pick here. You know, I think that Buffalo offense is going to uh, chug along with, with him as the running back one for years to come. I do really like that pick. I don't know if James Cook necessarily profiles to be like the RB1. I think it'll definitely be a timeshare, most likely a three-way split. But I'm excited about James Cook just because I think he is by far the best receiving back in that room. And mm-hmm. I know the Bills don't really throw to the running backs a ton but as i've been doing my research and looking it seems like they'll throw five six seven times a game to the running back so if especially year one if james cook can capture like four of those a game get three receptions 20 yards still get like 10 to 12 carries i think he'll be a fine option year one and then if he can just continue to improve and get better continue maybe take over more of that backfield it's definitely a great dynasty option yeah i do For think sure. i do think cook is going to get the most uh snaps and touches out of that backfield starting year one i'm not a huge fan of him i think he's a little bit overrated but he is going to get i think probably eight to 12 carries a game and he's going to get those four targets a game because he is the best receiving back easily and he's going to be the only running back in that backfield that gets receiving work so he's he can definitely be an rb2 um as soon as his rookie year 
I, I hope he gets some goal line work. I'm a little worried about it just because I feel like Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are probably going to get the majority of the goal line work. But if James yeah. Cook can secure a decent goal line job, it might be might be scary hours in fantasy football. Yeah, and I, I don't know if, if Seth clarified this, but he told us that this is a, a PPR draft. Um, I don't yeah, know exactly. if, if you said that, but... You know, again, with with that receiving work, you know, in, in in a Buffalo offense with Josh Allen at the helm, like, you know, who would not want a, a receiving a receiving running back, um, this this low in the in the rookie draft? All right, all right. So Nick back on the clock with um, right. pick eleven. Yeah, the uh, there's definitely a bit of a drop off after the top ten. I would say I would argue that there might be one more guy to be slotted into this and make it into a top eleven, and that's who I'm going to take here. Seth, don't kill me for this one, but I'm oh, no. taking Jahan Dotson. Yeah, that was going to be my pick at 12. Yeah. So uh, ever since I sat down and watched film on this guy, I have been in love with him as a prospect. I don't really like the landing spot very much just because Terry McLaurin's such a talented receiver. I don't really see Carson Wentz supporting two you know, top 20, top 24 fantasy receivers. So this isn't much of a year one pick, but I think down the line... Hopefully the commanders can get themselves a better quarterback. And I just, I just think Jahan Dotson is severely underrated, especially coming into the draft. He's an incredible route runner. Dude has insane hands. I mean, maybe the best hands in the draft. And I just, I don't know. I, I really think this guy's going to be something. Yeah, his, um, his size isn't the best. He's obviously a smaller guy. But, yeah, he's, he's one of the best route runners in the class, in my opinion. And he had... Uh, as you said, arguably the best hand in the class. Um, he is really underrated. People said it was a horrible pick. It, it obviously, he wasn't the best wide receiver on the board yeah. when we picked him. But I think he was a fine pick. I think that was a around a B-grade pick. Um, people were acting like it was an F pick or a D pick, which I just don't agree with that. He's a great wide receiver. Um and don't get silly and say that he's the future wide receiver one because we are going to be paying Terry McLaurin. But him and Terry McLaurin are going to be an amazing... Are you? We, hey, we if, are paying. If Terry McLaurin gets traded... Are you going to be paying? Dotson to them. Ooh. All right, all right, guys. That's let's, true. Let, let's chill out. Let's chill out here. But Terry and Jahan Dotson are going to be... I think they can be an elite duo in the NFL if oh, Jahan Dotson can pick it up. the next two or three years, they'll be a top five top seven receiving duo in the yeah, NFL I, I love John sure. Dotson he, he's gonna be amazing and with Terry McLaurin taking um so much attention off uh from the defense Jahan Dotson that's gonna open up the field a lot for him and you can't forget about Kerner Samuel he's gonna be taking some attention from the defense too that's true I, I, mm-hmm. I, I love this wide receiver trio all all three of them are gonna be taking attention from the defense which is gonna open the field for again all three of them so yeah, Jahan Dawson. Hopefully open the field up for the running game to power through a little bit so Brian Robinson can get some work. Brian Robinson yes, sir. is the worst player in the NFL. Let's, let's get this straight. He sucks. Yes, and sir. And Gibson to the moon. Anyways, yeah, so I, I like the pick at 11. Jahan Dawson might not be the best redraft guy, but um, for Dynasty, I think he's definitely worth the late first. So I'm back on yes, the clock. Yes, you are back on the clock. 12. Yep. And I'm going to take, um, I think, the only... I'm going to take George Pickens here. Um, I don't like him for redraft, so I do not like him for this year. I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant at all this year. But George Pickens is an amazing, like, talented player 
when you're looking at just pure talent, he's one of the best receivers in this class. But he has off the field issues majorly. He gets angry. You, who knows if he's out of the league in three years? He very well could be. Um, but I don't think the Steelers are retaining Claypool once his contract is over. I think George Pickens is just going to take over that role. I think we're looking at a future Steelers wide receiver room of Deontay Johnson at the wide receiver one position. Um, George Pickens on the outside opposite of him and Calvin Austin in the slot. So Yeah, I agree with that. So I think, um, I think George Pickens is going to be a fine fantasy asset as soon as Claypool is out of that room. So I think George Pickens is a fine pick at around the pick 12 range. Um, you, when you're drafting him, you just got to know that you're not getting anything this year. He's probably, in my opinion, he should be splitting, splitting that Claypool role with Claypool, about a 50-50 split there. So neither of them are going to mm-hmm. be fantasy relevant yeah. if that's what happens. So, But yeah, George Pickens here, the last pick of yeah. the first. I, I like the pick here. I don't think there's really anybody else in consideration here at number 12. I think Pickens was the pretty obvious choice. I, uh, I don't know. I, it's the last pick in the first round. You know, he's not you know, he's not projected to be, like, insane. I just don't see him doing a ton. I I think the Steelers just have so, so many great young weapons. They have Deontay, they have Najee, Pat Fryermuth. I mean, even Clay, I think Claypool's I think Claypool is a better prospect than Pickens. I do really like Pickens. I just, I don't know. If they get rid of Claypool, then Pickens can slide in and do something. But even then again, your quarterback's Kenny Pickens. Any character, Kenny Pickett, sorry, that's not going to exactly profile to be some high passing offense. I think they're going to keep it on the ground a lot. I, just, I don't know. I don't love the landing spot for Pickens, and I don't love the uh, talent around him. Sir, sir. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a you know, I don't want to say boring pick, but you know, it's it's like I, I agree with Nick. End of the first round, this is the only viable option left, really, unless you like are really in love with some guy. Um, it's it is kind of a, a crowded wide receiver room, um, but you know he'll he'll get the job done. He's a viable first round pick. There's not much else to say about him. I mean his off the field issues are are somewhat of a concern, but you know for for who's left versus George Pickens, I think Pickens is is a good pick. Yep. All right. So you're back in the clock with pick thirteen. It's starting to get really dry here uh, already. Yeah. It it does get really Very dry, bad. which is you know I think that this is where you just things start to branch off a little bit where there's no longer that much consensus. Um, I am go- I've am i heard this guy talked about a little bit as people's like sleepers. Um, I know him decently well because I am a uh, UF fan, a Florida Gator fan. Um, I'm going to take Damian Pierce here, that's, the Houston running back. the only pick here in my opinion. Great yeah, pick. Um, I, I think he is a, a decent sleeper. Um, again, you know, I, I'm not expecting that much out of him yet. Uh, because this, this is the second round, you know, I think everyone taken above him deserves to be taken above him, taken above him. Um, but with that said, you know, the running back room in Houston is Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. Um, and then uh, Dare Ogun, I don't know how to say his last name, but, you know, Marlon Mack is, he, he was very good, unfortunately, or not very good. He was good, but his career has gotten thrown in shambles by injuries. And then Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead, you know, he's kind of, older and not that much of a concern so i think damian pierce will come in you know definitely command some uh some some kind of a role in, in the texans offense enough to justify him taking him here um and again like i may be a little biased as a florida fan but you know i think damian pierce is probably the best pick here in this scenario no yeah i, I love damian pierce for redraft i think he's gonna be 
I think he's running back up to running back to upside this year. Um, he, it's hard to say if that he's just going to get replaced in a year or two, but I do think mm-hmm. he's the most talented running back in that Texans backfield. I don't think Marlon Mack is a threat. I don't think Marlon Mack is good, and he's coming off um, Achilles injury, which is, in my opinion, yeah. that's blow for running backs. Um, I don't think Marlon Mack is going to have any factor. As you said, Rex Burkhead is Rex Burkhead. So I think Damian Pierce is just going to get yep. the insane bulk of the running back um, touches in the Texans' backfield. So great pick yeah. on top of the second. I mean, it sucks because, you know, it is a Texans. You you kind of always want to stay away from that offense with the exception of maybe Brandon Cooks. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes to, again, like running back is, is more of a shallow position than uh, receiver in fantasy. And, you know, to take someone who has the potential to be the running back one in any kind of offense, you know, it's hard to not take him. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't hate the pick. Obviously, I'm not a very big Damian Pierce fan, though. I don't think he's a good prospect. I think he gets replaced in two years max. But year yeah. one, he obviously you're looking at hopefully a decent workload for him. I think people aren't putting quite enough respect on Marlon Mack. Yeah, I know he had the Achilles injury, and those seem to never bode well for running backs. But he's I think two-ish years removed from it now. So hopefully he can come back and be, you know, a little bit of that running back that he was. I think he takes some decent work away from Damian Pierce. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in another running back too, just because they really don't have anything there. Not to mention it's just mm-hmm. a bad offense, mediocre O line, bad team in general. Going to be constant negative game scripts. I just, I don't see a path to him ever really being too much of a fantasy contributor unless some injuries go down and he really gets like a full full workload. I don't know. It's a fine pick here just because, I mean, you're just taking shots on these guys at this point. But at this point, I'd be looking more at players that I like as prospects. For sure. All right. So Just just a little side note. Can we talk about how how bad Bill O'Brien made the Texans? Like, oh we're, what, God. like three years removed from Bill Ooh. O'Brien, and he, they're still, like, trying to recover. Like, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy how they went from that 10-6 playoff team to just – absolutely nothing in a span of about yeah. two years. I will say um, Bill yeah. O'Brien is really slept on as a coach. Bill O'Brien is yes, a good coach. Yes. People, yes. he's a horrible, obviously a horrible GM. Yeah, just he, arguably the worst GM yeah, of all time. He should have never got GM responsibilities. But people um, take away his talents as a coach because of those horrible GM moves he made, which kind of sucks for him. Um, people hated on Alabama making him the offensive coordinator, which is just stupid. He was... An amazing offensive coordinator for them. So, but yeah, but yeah Bill O'Brien yeah. probably the worst GM of all time. Yeah. All right. So. Um, all right, Nick. Nick, back on the clock. Let's see. Um, you said there's some guys you like better than Damian Pierce. Um, let's see who those yeah. guys are. Here I'm. Uh, I'm taking a prospect that I do really like, and I. Uh, this is not a year one pick at all. But uh, give me Rashad White, running back from Tampa Bay. I think he is. He was my. I want to say. RB3 or RB4 pre-draft. Wow. I, I like his talents. I mean, this is a dry running back class. I mean, I'm not yeah, thinking he's going to be true. some Jonathan Taylor, you know, RB1 type guy. I just think he's a solid running back. I see, you know, Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's not super old yet, but he's, what, 26, 27 years old. You know, he's starting to near that fall-off cliff for the running backs. I think Tampa Bay starts to feed in other guys towards the end of this year. And next year, I think Rashad White starts to build up his workload. Not to mention he's a great receiving back. Yeah, I, I, which I, I, I think you get a receiving um, opportunity this year. 
Yeah, I I think I think Leonard Fournette's been a decent receiving option, but I think he mainly just got all those receptions just because they just kind of force-fed him those receptions just because Tom Brady likes to throw it to his running backs. That uh, Beyond this year, obviously, Tom Brady probably won't stick around too long. That offense won't be nearly as good, but I think Rashad White profiles as a pretty good PPR back, which is why I'm taking him here. Yep, that's a solid pick there. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I don't like the pick like at all. I had Richard White as my fourth-ranked rookie, um, which, you know, might be a little bit low um, for most people. But, you know, I, Leonard Fournette, I think it was this offseason where he just signed a, a three-year contract, which means that, you know, for, for running backs that old, it means that they have something, something in mind for him. Um, so I, I think he continues to be a, a big factor for the Tampa Bay offense, you know, at least this year going into next year. Um, and then also, you know, Tampa Bay as a whole, as a team, you know, they're 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 really just running on Tom Brady. I mean, I I love the team. I think it's an, an amazingly built team. But I think once Tom Brady eventually decides to retire, which will be soon, considering he has already retired once, um, I think that that team is just going to plummet into the ground. And you know, I dynasty wise, I just I don't really want um, any players in that offense um, at at a premium pick value. I, I know we are in the second round, so I think. That's why I would. That's why I think it's an okay pick, maybe. Um, but you know, I think redraft wise is is better to take Tampa Bay players. But I think that Tampa Bay's offense in a couple of years is going to be in shambles, which is why I personally don't like the pick at all. Yeah. So I'm back on the clock at 15 here. I'm gonna take a guy who I think has a ton of upside. I'm gonna take David Bell here. I think he's gonna end up being the wide receiver two for the Browns. And, you know, legal stuff aside, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's young. So even if he's out all of this year um, because of suspension, I think he'll be back next year, no doubt, no matter what. So when you're the wide receiver two and Deshaun Watson-led offense, you're going to have at least some boom weeks, some spike weeks. And I think David Bell is a talented wide receiver. So being the wide receiver, too, in the Browns' offense that's led by Deshaun Watson, maybe not this year, but as soon as next year, I think he can be at least a little bit fantasy relevant. I absolutely sure. love that pick. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge David Bell fan. Uh, I'm a, well, so I, I was an Iowa fan going to Michigan State now. So, you know, I, I watch a lot of Big Ten football. I had to watch David Bell put up, you know, 13 receptions for 270 yards and four touchdowns about five times against my favorite teams so that was always a lot of fun to watch but yeah i just think he's an incredible route runner has underrated hands he's obviously slow but i don't think that'll matter as much i think he profiles it's kind of like a jarvis landry light he's not gonna be quite as good as him but i think especially if he can learn under amari cooper who's one of the better route runners in the nfl i think it can be a really good fit especially attached to a quarterback like deshaun watson despite the first sure. legal stuff Assuming he plays. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. there, there's a lot of ambiguity that we probably shouldn't talk about. But, uh, you know, if if Deshaun Watson plays or when he plays, you know, that that's definitely a home run pick. Again, like redraft, it's different. You probably wouldn't want him here. But, you know, dynasty-wise in the second round, that's a, definitely a good pick. All right, so pace back on the clock at 16. So I, I don't... I don't really love this pick, but I just feel like it's a pick that, you know, at, at this point in the draft, it's one that has to be made. Um, so I'm going to go Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback. Um, you, you know, I again, 
I, I know people are very, very down on the, on this quarterback class, and I am I'm no exception. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I think at this point there's a there's not that many players who I would take over a pretty much surefire starting quarterback in the league who was taken in the first round and has you know a decent amount of potential like Kenny Pickett does. Um, you know, because it's like we said, the, the running back room is very dry, and you know maybe there are a couple of receivers who who you could argue taking above Kenny Pickett, but um. You know, being the uh, quarterback one, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely, I think, battle Trubisky a little bit, but I think he'll ultimately end up winning that job. Um, and, and being the quarterback one in the receiver room, like we talked about, where you have Claypool, you have Deontay Johnson, you have um, George Pickens, you have Calvin Austin, you have Pat Fryermuth, and then you have, you know, obviously Najee Harris. It's hard to pass up this late in the draft. So, like I said, I don't exactly love the pick, but I think it's a pick that has to be made. Yeah, I like the pick. I think it's good value here. Kenny Pickett, you know, he's obviously not a fantastic prospect, but, you know, gets the first-round draft capital. That means he's probably locked in for a solid three years as the starting quarterback. You know, he's a little bit mobile. I mean, he could you could see him have a spike season, you know. he could. You know, Ryan Tannehill was never an incredible quarterback, but I want to say he still had a couple of uh, top 12 seasons with the Titans. Maybe Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett sees one of those, and I don't know. I mean, this is a one-quarterback mock draft, so... You're not really expecting him to, you know, do much for you. But if he can, he can fill in for you on bye weeks and stuff like that. And you know, he has good weapons around him. Should be a solid option. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I don't like this pick at all because there's probably I know the draft is really dry at this point, but there's still probably eight to ten guys I would take over Kenny Pickett here just because of their potential. I think Kenny Pickett is a guy who's never going to be great. He'll probably be an average quarterback for as long as he starts. I think for fantasy, he'll be like an 11 points per game guy for as long as he starts, 11 to 15 points per game, which you're looking at a quarterback two there. So I I just don't think Kenny Pickett will ever be fantasy relevant. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of that you don't, pick. You don't like him because he has small hands. You can just admit it. No, yeah. I was actually one of the people who didn't think that was a big deal. You think his hands are too small, Seth. Just say it. No, it's fine. I mean, if you think his hands are too small, just just tell us, man. It's no big deal. Yeah, just 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 admit it. I mean, I won't be mad at you. Just honestly, just just be upfront about it. I think his hands are too big. I think they would honestly hurt a little bit. I think it's way too. Oh much. yeah, I think. Yeah. What was it like? Like eight and a half? Yeah, that's you know, far definitely a far far too much. Yeah. But I, no, I I I respect it. I mean, you know, again, it's like I said, I don't love the pick, um, but personally, I believe that. There's a uh, not that many players that you can take over a surefire quarterback one in this in this uh, draft. But yeah, with agree. that said, you know you said yourself there's eight to ten people, which I also respect as an opinion. So I, I will also say though, with about the you know he'll never be fantasy relevant. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he's stepping into an already really good offense, fantastic weapons around him. I mean, you look at. The, the offense was more than capable last year with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. I but, mean, but Kenny also, Pickett is a definite upgrade from Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Ben was not fantasy relevant at all, even with the offense. Being yeah, good. but I mean, Kenny Pickett is better. The offense should get a little better. You know, I mean, they're not going to score three rushing touchdowns a game. There's some of those, a few of those, going to be passing touchdowns. I mean, there's definitely going to be weeks where Kenny Pickett's a fantasy viable quarterback. He's got to pick the right weeks. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Kenny Pickett just does have a little upside for fantasy. I just think in real life, he won't ever be better than an average quarterback. Um, I agree with that. So I don't Fair. think he has much fame. Because he's, 
yeah, he's mobile, but he's not going to be like a crazy mobile guy or get a whole lot of rushing touchdowns, at least in yeah. my opinion. So I don't think as an average in real life quarterback mixed with not being a crazy mobile guy, I, I just don't see him being much fantasy relevant ever unless he totally proves me wrong and, and ends up being a great quarterback. Fair. All right, so Nick back on the clock at 17. All right, so uh, here I'm going to go with another guy that I liked pre-draft. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not in love with the guy. Landish spot I thought was all right, but I'm going to go with Jalen Tolbert, Dallas wide receiver. I think that he'll step in, and especially while Michael Gallup, assuming Michael Gallup misses a little bit of the season, uh, I think he'll step in and get some good reps in. I think he's a very talented receiver. Uh, even once Michael Gallup comes back, I think he'll be that wide receiver three in that offense that Michael Gallup was for a few years, I think, which will still make him fantasy relevant. Cowboys are always pass heavy. Uh, I just think Jalen Tolbert, will, you know, he'll be a solid receiver in the NFL. Won't beat anything special, but you know, when energy, injuries come around, you can step in, throw him in your starting lineup. Yeah, I think I think he'll be sure. solid. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys offense is definitely one where you know, any any of the top three or four receivers in that offense are is going to be somewhat fantasy relevant. Um, we saw it with with Cooper and Lamb and um, who do you just say? I'm for Gallup and uh, also Cedric Wilson. You know, a little bit if you need an emergency start. So you know, Dak definitely spreads the ball around, and I I, I like this pick a lot. I, I agree. I think he's someone that you know you you definitely might not want starting right away, but injuries come around. He's he's a great you know just plug and play kind of guy. So I'm between two players here, but I think um, I think one of them will be back in my next pick. So I'm going to take the first tight end off the board here. I'm going to take Trey McBride here. Um, I'm not a huge Trey McBride fan. He's going to have no value for fantasy this year, but I think he's going to be one of those tight ends that could take two to three years to start painting out. Um, he's going to develop behind Zach Ertz. So I think in two to three years, this pick might pan out big time and he might be a top five fantasy tight end um, in a high high powered offense. Um, he has high draft capital. So they obviously have a plan for him. They just probably want him to develop behind Zach Ertz for a little bit. So and in the mid second with things drying up, I'm gonna take my shot at Trey McBride. Solid pick. It's, it's I don't have much to say about it. Uh, I think he's a solid tight end prospect. You know, I mean, I don't think he'll ever be that top six, seven, eight fancy tight end, but you know, he can be a top 10, 12 guy for sure once that Kurt starts to really go off the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you know, it's one of those one of those picks where um, you would throw him on your taxi squad if you have one because rookie tight ends yeah. are never really that great. So, I think it's a decent pick. All right, so pace back on the clock at nineteen. I am on the clock here, and I will, I think, take, um, I'm between two or three guys as well, but I think the most that I have to say about would be Alec Pierce, the Indianapolis wide receiver. Um, I think, you know, again, drying up a little bit, uh, the board is, um, and I believe he is going to fight for wide receiver two duties. Um, Obviously, Michael Pittman will be the number one guy. And it'll be Pierce and Paris Campbell will be, you know, kind of battling for the number two duties. And, you know, Matt Matt Ryan isn't a great quarterback, but I think he's definitely serviceable. He can, you know, we, we saw last season with Kyle Pitts and, 
you know, Calvin Ridley at the beginning of the season and, you know, when Julio Jones was there earlier in his career. Um, he's definitely someone who can, who can, you know, Matt Ryan himself might not be fantasy relevant, but he, uh, his teammates will be for sure. And, you know, again, boards drying up a little bit. Don't mind taking a, a rookie receiver to uh, fight off wide receiver two or wide receiver three duties in a Indianapolis offense led by Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a solid pick. I like Alec Pierce's prospect. It's not a right landing spot. I think Michael Pittman will be a target hog this year. I don't think there's really anybody mm-hmm. else to throw the ball to. I, uh, I've always been a Paris Campbell fan, though. I think that he'll he'll be the wide receiver two this year. I think he's always been underrated. And they, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they brought in Kiki Cutie as well, who I thought was very solid for the Texans when he was healthy. They did. So You're I'm correct, not, yes. I'm not necessarily sure that Pierce will be super fancy relevant for a little bit, but you know if he can if he can really prove himself and step into a wide receiver three, maybe even fight for that wide receiver two role, definitely a good pick. Yeah, I mean, um, for sure, he definitely has a good opportunity. There's, yeah, there's Paris Campbell, but he's probably gonna take a shot to the knee and die again this year in week one, just like always. So, yeah, um, there's not much in the wide receiver room behind Michael Pittman because of you know Paris Campbell's injuries. So, yeah, opportunity-wise, that's a good pick. And when you're in the middle-late second here and not that good of a draft class like this one is, you're just looking for opportunity. You're just taking shots in the dark. So that's mm-hmm. that's a fine pick at pick 19. Um, Nick, back on the clock at pick 20. All right, we're really getting to that point in the draft where I'm just not really liking any of my options. So with this pick, I'm going to take Isaiah Spiller, running back of the Chargers. I don't like him as a prospect. I don't think he's a good running back. I probably shouldn't be taking him here, but just the Chargers are such a high-powered offense that if Eckler ever goes down and Spiller can see a decent workload, then, I mean, he's obviously going to be fancy relevant for those weeks that Eckler might be banged up. It's just I want guys who attach good offenses, and the Chargers are going to be a great offense for the next foreseeable future, honestly. Yeah, I agree that sure. Isaiah Spiller is not a good running back. Um, really, he's just... Like, as you said, a handcuff for Eckler. I don't think he's a good rusher. I don't think he's much of a good receiver either. Um, yeah. He's just not that I good. I think he cuts back. into the uh, goal line workload a little bit. Probably, so yeah. massive, but I, I just, yeah, when Eckler's healthy, the small goal line workload that Spiller will have won't be enough to make him relevant. Yeah, just, for sure. just a handcuff I think, pick. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's if you have Eckler, you take him, and if you don't have Eckler, you don't take him. Yeah. All right, so I'm back on the clock at 21, and uh, the other guy that was between with Trey McBride at 18 did come back to me. So I'm going to take Zamir White here at 21. Um, the Raiders declined Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, so they obviously have no future plans for him. And, yeah, there's no guarantee that Zamir White is going to be Josh Jacobs' replacement. But I, do, I did like Zamir White as a prospect uh, pre-draft. So I do think um, taking that shot in the late second of Zimmer White possibly being Josh Jacobs' replacement, I think it's a smart idea. So Zimmer White, I'm actually a huge fan of in Dynasty Rookie Drafts in the late second just because of that potential that you can hold on to him for this year. And then as soon as 2023, Zimmer White is the Raiders starting running back. For sure. You know, yeah, obviously uh, Josh Jacobs is there and uh, Kenny Drake is also there, but... You know, if you look past that, it's hard to look past it, but both of them are kind of mid-running backs there. Neither of them have been... I mean, Josh Jacobs has been okay, 
um, has proven enough to maybe get a contract somewhere else. But I think Kenan Drake is done after his Raiders tenure, and uh, Nazemir White can definitely step in. Um, and for a late second round pick, I think it's a definitely a decent pick. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think you know Zamir White wasn't exactly a high draft pick. There's obviously no guarantee that he even sees any work with the Raiders, but you know, on the chance that he does, late second round pick, I don't see why not. Exactly. So, um, pace back on the clock at 22. So this is my last pick. Um, I'm going to be honest, completely honest with you, Seth. If J.D. McKissick was not back on the Commanders, I would take Brian Robinson here. Um, I'm not going to because okay. McKissick is back, and it's like you've said multiple times, McKissick will kind of take that Brian Robinson role. I do want to talk about Brian Robinson just a little bit because I do think, you know, Gibson is a is a great running back. Um, but, you know, I think Brian Robinson ultimately in the future could uh, could start to eat into Gibson's role because Gibson is, is more of a pass catcher. I think, um, Brian, but Robinson I think Brian Robinson ultimately will... sucks. And should yeah, I, yeah I know you do. A six or seven oh, round pick in this class. I don't love it. And Gibson's a good guy. He's no I'm Brian not taking Robinson. him here. Yeah, I'm not taking him here. But I'm just saying that I, I like Brian Robinson a decent amount, and I would take him here if McKissick wasn't there. Um, with that said, I'm going to take Wandell Robinson. All right. Um, uh, the New York Giants wide receiver. First off, Wandell Robinson sucks. And second off, I like the pick. Let, let's have a serious conversation about Antonio Gibson here. All right. Wait, hold on, Nick. Did you say that you hated that pick, or you liked I, it? I, I don't. I don't mind the pick at all. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Let, let's talk about Brian Robinson before I talk about Wandell Robinson. People, people are starting to piss me off here because. Time and time again, I'm just all I'm seeing is Antonio Gibson in that running back 23 to 25 range in people's rankings, and I, you know what? Go ahead, underrate him because that means I can take him in the fifth round or sixth round and have amazing value there, because in 2020, Payne Barber had the same exact role that I think Brian Robinson gonna have, and what was Antonio Gibson in that year? In RB one. So, I think Antonio Gibson is going to be fine. I think he's going to get, like, half of the receiving work. Um, you saw it at the end of last year with J.D. McKissick healthy. Antonio Gibson was getting, like, five targets a game. Um, so, I think he's going to continue to eat into that receiving work. And I think he's going to be just fine for fantasy. I think that's fair. I think Antonio Gibson's always been underrated as a running back. Always been underrated as a receiver, too, because the commanders just never seem to want to throw the ball to him. But like you said, towards the end of the year, they finally started to. Hopefully, if they keep that up, I think he's has a decent outlook this year. I probably have him ranked like RB18 to RB20, something like that. For sure. All right, back to no, I, Robinson. I, um, I, don't, I don't mind Antonio Gibson. I just I wanted to come on to this podcast and talk about Brian Robinson and make I – I really wanted to just make Seth acknowledge his existence. Um, so now, now that I've done that – um, I'll talk about Wandell Robinson. Um, Wandell Robinson, you know, again, very, very late second round. You know, you're not exactly hoping that these guys pan out super soon that they pan out at all. Um, but Wandell Robinson is someone I don't think he'll be good this year. But, you know, I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. I don't think a lot of people think that Daniel Jones is the answer. And I think once they hopefully draft quarterback, you know, this next draft or the draft after that, um, that he'll start to get an upgrade. Um, in his drafts or uh, in his playing ability, um, and then you know, in addition, the entirety of the New York Giants wide receiver room is kind of mid. Uh, Kenny Galladay is mid. Sterling Shepard is below mid. I, I like Kadarius Tony a lot, but they haven't really utilized him, and he also has some off the field issues. 
And he also, you know, he said that he wants to not be on the Giants, so there's there's that to look at. Um, and they also have Darius Slayton, who is, you know, decent for his role, but I don't think that there's anyone really that's preventing a player like Wanda Robinson from breaking out. Now, granted, you know, I don't know if he has the talent or the ability to break out, but I think that the, you know, opportunity is there, and like I've said all along, opportunity is definitely something to look at. So with that said, I think... You know, in this New York Giants offense that will hopefully be, you know, quarterbacked by someone, maybe by like a CJ Stroud or something in the future. Um, I think Wanda Robinson is a decent pick for the end of the second round. Man, I do not agree with that pick, actually. Now that I think about it, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, go back a little bit. So when you're talking about Sterling Shepard, did you say Sterling Shepard was below mid? Yeah, Sterling Shepard is a good I... player. He's just injury prone. Okay, yeah, that that's kind of what I meant. Like for fantasy, okay, he's below yeah, mid fair, just because he enough. he never he never really plays. But player wise, okay, yeah, I, I should have clarified. Uh, player wise, Sterling Shepard is is a decent player, but you know, fantasy wise, I think Sterling Shepard is one of those players that everyone just wants to stay away from because he just never plays. Fair enough. I think I think when I said that I didn't mind the pick, I had forgotten just how many receivers the Giants have. I mean, Kenny Galladay, I don't think he's that great, but I think he's better than Wondell Robinson. Same with Sterling Shepard. I really like Kadarius Tony. I think he's yeah. going to be really good if he plays. But uh, And I also think Darius Slayton is a good receiver, too. I don't know if Wondell Robinson will be as good as Darius Slayton, which kind of slates Wondell and is that wide receiver five in that offense for me. Obviously, for sure. you know that's just year one. Down the line, he can work his way up, but... I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't know if he has the talent to work his way up in that offense, let alone the fact that it's not projecting to be a great offense. I just don't see him getting any higher than maybe the wide receiver three there, and I just don't know if that'll ever be viable in fantasy. That's fair. No, definitely. I mean, again, you know, I... Like I said, like, I don't know if he has the talent or ability to be that wide receiver one. I just think, you know, this, this late in the draft... You know, I'm looking at the Giants wide receiver room in between injuries and just players who are not, you know, great... I think that the opportunity is there to potentially break out. But again, I don't know if he has the talent to, but I'm not mad about spending a, a late second-round pick on someone who has that opportunity. That's fair. I think at your pick, I definitely would have taken John Mechie over Wandale. Just, I think you can offer similar reasons that you gave for Wandale, but with more opportunity for John Mechie and arguably probably a better prospect than John Mechie. I'm not going to well, take Nick, him with you, my next You pick. are up next. Oh, never yeah, mind. Yeah, I had I have had somebody else in mind for the last couple of picks, and uh, am I am I good to go, Seth? Yep. All right. So uh, I think this is a little bit late for this player. I didn't really want to take him, but at this point, I think I have to. I'm going to take Malik Willis. I think mm. that he's an all right quarterback prospect. You know, he's not a very good passer. He makes some pretty boneheaded decisions a lot of the time. However. Pretty much any game that he starts over the next couple of years, I think you're slotting him in as a top 12 to top 15 fantasy quarterback just due to his rushing. I mean, kid can absolutely fly. He's, I mean, look at Jalen Hurts, dude. Has not been a good quarterback the last couple of years coming from an Eagles fan. You know, he doesn't really have that arm right now. But, I mean, he was, what, QB, QB4 last year in fantasy, something like that? I just think if Malik Willis ever gets the opportunity to start, he's going to be a locked in top 12 to top 15 fantasy quarterback mm-hmm. yeah for fantasy um he'll be fine he's just a midget so yeah i just think so he fantasy sucks. he'll be fine real life no but fantasy he'll be just fine that's fair in the late second that's a fine pick 
Um, so I'm gonna take... finish us off. What? Finish us off. Finish us off. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go John Mechie here. Um, Good pick. He has a lot of opportunity. Um, it's the last pick in the second, so I'm really just going based off of opportunity here. I could have gone Tyler Algier um, with the Atlanta Falcons, but I think he's a horrible running back. And I agree. I is he better than Brad Robinson? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Brian Robinson is. There's not even a word to describe him. He's worse than horrible. <laughs> um, so Tyler Algier, yeah, I think he's being severely overrated. He'll probably get opportunity, but he's not going to do anything with opportunity, in my opinion. But yeah, so John Mechie, he also has big opportunity, and I think he can actually do something with that opportunity. I think he's already the second best wide receiver in that Texans um, wide receiver room. Obviously, you're not taking away any of Brandon Cook's targets Brandon Cook is still going to get his 30% target share but I think John Mechie can be the second um, target in that Texas offense so I in the late second I would definitely Good take pick. a shot at John Mechie alright so that's actually that was actually the last I'm, pick here I'm going to be yeah. honest uh, you know I, I love that pick I had John Mechie as my 13th overall ranked guy and I have a list here and I have them all crossed out and I actually didn't see him. You forgot about I him. probably would have taken him. Yeah, I probably would have taken him over Wando Robinson had I seen him. Well, you probably um, would have taken him a little no. earlier than that if he was your 13th player. Yeah, I just, I <laughs> I completely forgot to, uh, I, I had, I, it's like, you know, on the notes app on my computer yeah, like and I had them all down. crossed out. Yeah, so yeah. I, I love the pick at 24. I think it's insane value. Like you said, he's a wide receiver too. Um, and I, I don't love Davis Mills, but I think he's, you know, I guess serviceable at least, maybe. Serviceable um, for this year until they get one of those top quarterbacks next year. Exactly. Because they probably will get one of those top quarterbacks next year. Yeah, so so for the I future, love John, John Mechie is even better if he gets one yeah, of those top exactly. quarterbacks. Actually, considering he's coming off that injury, it might not be as good year one. Yeah. Year two, I think he'll, he'll really show something. Yeah, I, I do think so, John I mean, Mechie could be an early to mid second. Um, yeah, for, for sure. sure. So. I just I, I would have taken him over Wandale, but I completely forgot about him. So that's a definitely a good pick. I was thinking about him at eighteen or twenty one, but I want Trey McBride and Zamir White just because I've literally want all wide receivers until pick eighteen. Yeah, and I do think Trey McBride, Zamir White, John Mechie—they're all in that same um, value range Here. for me. So yeah. I'm. Uh, I think uh, I think we did pretty good. This is probably my top twenty four players. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I do. I, I, uh, I think you know maybe you could have you could have Desmond Ritter, maybe. Yeah, I would agree. You could maybe you throw could a couple of the quarterbacks in, but maybe Calvin Austin as well. Cal- Calvin Austin and Kyle um, Phillips are the only two guys that I think have a chance of being in the top twenty-four out of. And then of course you know Brian Robinson maybe, but you know we yeah, disagree on yeah, that. Yeah, be in there for sure. All right, I'm gonna kick you guys off my podcast. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. Over, no, it was a lot of fun. I'm just gonna go yeah, over each of our. Of course, I'm just gonna go over each of our teams real quick. So, um, Pace, starting at one, he uh, he rounded off the team with Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson, um, James Cook, Damian Pierce, Kenny Pickett, um, Alec Pierce, and Wondell Robinson. Those were all his picks. Nick's picks went Brees Hall to Chris Olave, Sky Moore. Jahan Dotson, Rashad White, 
Jalen Tolbert, uh, um, Isaiah Spiller, and Malik Willis. And then I ended up with Traylon Burke starting at number three, then Drake London, Jameson Williams, George Pickens, David Bell, Trey McBride, Samir White, and John Mechie. So you guys can, uh, well, first off, who do you guys think had the best picks overall? Well, I would say probably Pace. I mean, just I mean, it wasn't a snake draft, so it was kind of hard to do better than Pace yeah. just from the fact that he started at one and then was already back up at four and back up at seven. I think just starting off with Garrett Wilson and Kenneth Walker, I thought those were both two good picks. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the draft, you just got the best of probably the three players that we would have all been looking at. Besides Wandale, of course. Yeah, of course, besides Wandale. No, I mean, you know, I, I think I had the best picks, but I think it's also for the same reason, especially at that that 10 drop-off, because, you know, everyone got three good picks, but then I got James Cook at that 10 exactly. um, before, like, that, that steep drop-off started. Not that Jahan Dotson or George Pickens are bad, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think everyone had, had good drafts. I think, again, it's it's rookie. You know, it's rookie, so you have no idea what's going to happen. It not being snake. For sure. That's true. Um, I think that, that there's some some good value picks. I mean, you know, Trey McBride, you know, tight ends are usually really ugly to take, especially rookies, but he's someone that if you throw him out on that taxi squad, you know, if you if you take him in the in the mid to late second, you throw him on the taxi squad for a couple of years, he could pan out very well. Same with like John Mechie or Zamir White. So um, you know, I think it was a good draft overall. Again, there are a couple guys who could sneak into that top 24 that we mentioned earlier, but for the most part, this is a pretty decent top 24 uh, rankings list. Yeah, that was good. All right, well, um, you can go ahead and let us know who you think had the best value picks um, on our Instagram or Twitter. Make sure to follow us on official TFC pod on either of those. And uh, you guys have a Twitter? We do have a Twitter. I'm gonna follow you right now. Yeah, you better. Yeah, I got you right now. You better go follow us. You right now. Wait, on. sorry. Can you say the username one more time? It's Promote the same it. as our Instagram official TSC Pod. Gotcha. All right, that's gonna do it. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see y'all next episode. Thanks for having us on, Seth. That was Thanks a lot for of fun. Us, Seth. Of course. Have a good day.